This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The thrust of harvest is fast approaching. The silage is in the bunker. A few combines have been running in early soybeans. Frost now would have no impact because the crops here are already dead. Typically, harvest is bearish for prices as the supply chain, which has been starving for supply, begins to be replenished. There have been basis incentives offered for early sales. Farmers have been conditioned over many years to expect poor basis at harvest, so the commercials just have to beat those expectations to generate some interest in selling. There are always some bushels that move across the scale of harvest, and commercials will push programs that let them use those bushels without paying for them. They charge five cents a month storage for price later contracts at harvest, and then typically waive the charge to get bushels brought to them after the first of the year. They tend to take advantage of farmers who do not have on-farm storage. They do not care so much about the price, which they can cover using the Chicago border trade, but concern themselves mostly with physical control, which defines their basis risk. They want to be able to use the bushels, which is prohibited when commercially stored. They dream up creative schemes and devise to secure control of bushels. Once it is determined after getting into harvest where yields are relative to expectations, this can weigh in on whether on-farm storage is adequate. Short crops store easy. The drought has pushed maturity, so we would expect that little artificial drying would be required. That makes it easier to store on-farm, too. If and when the perception settles in that this is a short crop and there is adequate storage, then their job of convincing farmers to sell gets harder. Some farmers do need cash flow, but bankers talk to say that many farmers have paid off their lines of credit so can fund expenses without new sales. If they have already paid off lines of credit, they are going to want to defer income until 2023 anyway. The weather climate scientist that we follow, Nutrient Ag Solutions' Eric Snodgrass, was right in his forecast for this year that the eastern Corn Belt would do much better than the western Corn Belt. One could draw a line north and south through Des Moines, and most crops east of that line, while they may not be all bin busters, had a fairly good production year. By contrast, west of the line, where most of the livestock is fed and much ethanol is produced, they saw some varying degree of 2012-like drought. And users in the western Corn Belt and Plains have an extremely short feed grain supply situation to deal with in coming months. I believe that basis variation will be pretty dramatic east and west from one side of the Corn Belt to the other. Export channels down the river will be supplied by the eastern Corn Belt. At some point, I think that there will be a bona fide round of price supply rationing that will need to be done, where some demand in the western Corn Belt is likely destroyed to get through this coming year to the next harvest. I think that farmers with crops put in the bin in the western Corn Belt will get phone calls someday from end users asking them to name their price as to what they will sell for. The rationing process will not all show up in the Chicago border trade price, but with basis making up the premium needed to separate farmers from their grain. There was a $1.60 over Chicago border trade posted by our local ethanol plant at some point this summer. I expect that they paid even more than that unofficially in private deals. The corn carryover, according to USDA, was adequate in 2022. Supply going forward into 2023 will be significantly less than last year, and it will be severely weighted as to region so that it could become a crisis in the western Corn Belt. 
USDA was trimming demand in its balance sheet, and that forced demand loss, too, will be concentrated in the western Corn Belt, where the supply isn't. Between now and when supply is rationed, there will be many other fundamental issues that the Chicago Board of Trade will attempt to focus on, but they will be peripheral noise to the primary driver that will determine regional price discovery. Every tidbit of bearish news and headlines will be highly touted by commercials, making sure that farmers have heard every negative, noteworthy fundamental that exists, hoping to capture their grain in a weak moment. They will tout the strong dollar, the open Black Sea's grain corridor, higher interest rates, prospects for recession, Chinese trade tensions, and on and on. This is noise. Acknowledge, but ignore it. I'm going to file this report tomorrow with my look at where I believe the corn and soybean balance sheets set up prospects for finishing the 2023 season. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com. Or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.